days that I just run in this rat race and I never get off the wheel or I can't find my way out. I cannot be the only one that has ever felt that. Year after year, I, oh, oh, we want to do this. Or I want to go here. I want to do that. I want something to change. This is going to be your series. Maybe you're saying to yourself, you know what, Brett? I just want to lose weight. I want to get in better shape. Or I want to be more spiritually in tune with God. I want to get closer to the Lord this year. I want to spend more time with my kids. I want to handle money better. I want to be able to say, you know, I have at least the two cents to go and do something with instead of feeling like I can never do anything. I want to just get out of debt. I need a break. I need a vacation. I know hands would go up all over the place. I need a vacation. I want to quit some annoying habit. I don't know what you're dealing with, but I do know that God wants you to achieve those goals. And I believe that we can. I don't think all hope is lost. There's something about springtime. I don't know if you looked at your lawn. My wife keeps pointing me. Look how green things are getting. Look at the grasses. You know what's going to happen this week? I'm telling you, as long as it doesn't rain, I'm going to be mowing this week. Help me, Lord. I got to change the oil in my mower. Got to, you know, do all that, get it all ready and go through the yard and pick up the big sticks. I've already did that two or three times now. But, uh, you know, springtime brings that newness and, and just that uh, it's, you know, it's a new season again. So hope. I don't want you to put this off. I want you to understand and receive what God's got for us today so that we can have something for tomorrow. Because if we don't do anything today, tomorrow's not going to change. If you're a procrastinator, you know what their phrase is? Procrastinators unite tomorrow. Think about that. Yeah. Let's just pray real quick, okay? Father, we just thank you, God, for an opportunity just to do what you've asked us to do. Help us, Lord, to see small things, small changes, to bring us big differences for your glory. In Jesus' name. A lot of times people say, I can change anytime. I can change anytime. It's no problem. You know, but we find out that life, you know, there's always something. There's times that I wanted to do this and wanted to do that. Or or let's just go even to the diet realm. I'm going to start a diet. Oh, so-and-so's birthday. There's that party. Yeah, we got to go to that birthday party. And then, oh, I'm going to start next week. Oh, wait a minute. There's that holiday. How many know there's always going to be something? So, you know, you got to make adjustments. You got to make some things. But if we just keep putting things off, we never get around to doing anything that god wants us to do i like looking at you know isn't it make sense if you look at someone that's doing something or they have it all together now sometimes some things look like they have it all together sometimes cars can look great but they can have engine trouble you know they look really good on the outside but you don't know how the engine's been taken care of i get that but for the most part if you watch somebody or if you're in relationship with someone or friends with someone and they seem to like they've got some of this stuff conquered and you need to find out, then what are they doing? How did they do that? What, what is happening that they're doing that maybe I am not doing? And what could I do? So if they, how are they in sync? Ever watch the Olympics, those skaters, those ice skaters? I've never thought that I don't want to ice skate. I don't like to ice skate. But you know how they, they just are like, and I mean, they take those corners and they touch the, the ice and all that. And I'm thinking, wow. Anyway, we want to be in sync like that. We want to be able to move like, God, how do you want me to move? How can I be in sync? Sometimes it's just easy to feel intimidated. And we don't know the big things that we have to do to get those kind of results. And that's what we do. We look at something, we go, yeah, how'd they get that? How'd that big thing happen? What major things would we have to to make to see what they can see? I mean, they, they seem like they're worlds apart from me. God, they don't even live in the world I'm on. And so we get intimidated. 
But I believe it's not big changes that we need to make. So here's the theme for, for the, this today and for really this whole message series. And it's also our first point. It's often small things that no one sees that result in big things that everyone wants. It's the small things that no one sees that result in the big things that everyone wants. A very anointed wise man that walked in the things of God was asked about what he did to become so grounded in God. What did you do? I mean, it just seems like, man, how, how are you that way? His answer to the man that asked him the question, he said, 17 years ago, he said, I started reading the Bible through every year from cover to cover. The guy's like, sure, 17 years. Well, great. I can't do that. I, that's just, ah. I mean, it just seemed like a huge task in front of him. The wise man said, before you can't, listen to what I'm telling you. This is what he said. It takes me about 15 minutes every day to do this. You got 15 minutes? He said, it takes me 15 minutes. Can you spare 15 minutes? And in 15 minutes a day in a year, he has read the Bible through. And this man that asks these questions that finds his life completely, drastically changed in many ways because he did this one chunk at a time. You might say, well, I don't know how to do it. Let me just ask you, if I can show you something or someone else can show you something or God can reveal something to you, could you take the time to do that? That small difference, that small thing can make a big difference. Now, I've, before I was a pastor, I had a fitness background. And I, you know, you can look good in your club, uh, your gym. You know, if you're competing, you can, you can look like you are top dog in there. I mean, you look buff and all that. But, you, you know, if you're competing against people in a hundred other places, I'm just saying, you can look real good, and you go in there, and you're like, give me, give, give me my shirt. Because they all like, what are they doing? There's, been, there's a, a big guy, six foot something, came, worked out at, at the spa I managed. Big dude. I mean, just big, tall. You know, I'm 5'8", and, uh, you know, I'm at, so I'm asking him questions. You know, how, how are you looking like this, and what are you doing to look like that? And so you, you ask him questions, and, you know, so he's answering these questions. And I seem like, you know, sometimes you ever feel like you're that hamster. You're just running. Or you're Fred Flintstone. You go past that same window all the time. You're chasing Dino or you're chasing whoever. And it just seems like I'm not getting anywhere. I mean, I would measure myself or I would, you know, or you want to lose weight and you go through different things. I've had that. I've just had that frustrating thing, trying to lose weight and, then, and lose a pound. And the next week found out you found it again in his brother. And you're going, but I didn't, I didn't cheat. You know, and then, and then you go through all these things. Well, your, your body's rearranging. You're building muscle. And you probably are. I mean, there are things that happen like that. I, I, I understand. But, you know, I wanted to know. I, you know, I want some results. And so you, you want to say, God, show me what, what he's doing. How can I adapt that to my life? So you begin to ask God. He knows your body structure better than anybody. So I start saying, God, I, this is frustrating. I don't want to spend the next 85 years or 100 years of my life. If you figure I'm 54, I'm going to live a long time. Doing the same thing just to lose the brother and his pound and his second cousin. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, God, I am sacrificing a lot. I want to see a, a, a result of my investment. 
most of my successes, you know, that when I start doing that, I have to go back. A lot of times what works for somebody doesn't always work for you. That's something you need to hear that just because they do it doesn't mean you can do it or you'll get the same results. That's true. You can go to Lake Erie and go walleye fishing. And there can be everybody around you not hitting anything. And the one guy with the right color of red on his plug all of a sudden is getting like, mm. and you all look like, you know, what? And then everybody's going in their tackle box trying to find something with that color. Now, those of you that don't know walleye fishing or anything, there's people back here going, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, which is crazy. You're like, mine looks almost just like his. And I'm throwing it right beside his. This guy's pulling in walleye after walleye. And mine's out there just doing a little dance. You know, it's not doing anything. Okay? So most of my successes I'm getting back to. It leads us to our second point this morning. Tweak what you need to. Big results will follow. No, and I'm not going to finish the song. That's what some of your mind's going on. Is that what he was thinking? No, that's not. It's all good. Tweak what you need to. Big results will follow. So everything they do may not work for you. Get the meat, throw away the bones. What are you doing? Can I use any of that, God? Can, is, is that something that I could do? And then do what God tells me to do. This, listen, this is what I would do if I was going into a contest. I would work out six days a week and I did certain things. But for the majority of what I have to live my life with, I would, I would work out four days a week. And this, so I'm asking the Lord, I'm, I'm going back to stuff that I did years ago. And it's working. You know, it's kind of like, why didn't I do this before? I mean, you know, I could have just saved myself four weeks of, you know, or, or six weeks of doing some of the stuff that I just did because somebody else that worked for them or they're saying to do it. But if I just say, okay, God, what do you want me to do? How can I, is any of that good for me? What could I use from that? So I go back, and this is basically what this guy told me. He said, he basically works out four days a week. That's what I did for the most part. And he does cardio. My daughter's even told me that. Dad, the key's in the cardio. She'll tell me that. It's all about the cardio. You know, so she knows about the cardio. But, you know, but I wasn't doing any car- cardio. <laughs> but now I do. But, but this is what's happening. He's four days a week. And then, and then 20 to 30 minutes, you know, with about an hour to an hour and 15 minutes of that, with 20 or half of that time just being cardio. The other time being what I'm doing. So I start doing that, and things start happening. And here's the other component. <laughs> Low carbs, not no carbs, but just, just cut my carbs way down. And high protein. And I did that before, and I lost weight. I got away from that, and then it just kind of... So you, Brett, why you tell me? What I'm trying to tell you is I had to tweak something to get it to work for me. I had to ask God, God, what is the secret for what I need to do? Now, whether we get on... I'm not going to keep talking about weight loss or anything like that. I'm just telling you, just because it worked for someone doesn't mean everything will work for you that way. You're going to have to tweak it, and then, again... Take the things that you can do. Here's another example. Um, it's, well, let me just say this. It's the small things you do every day that will bring out big-time results. Small things you do every day that will bring out big-time results. Another example is, you know, if you want a good marriage, have God show you somebody that has one and then find out what they do. What do you do to make your marriage good? You know, sometimes the people have different things that they, you know. You like to have coffee in the morning? Drink coffee together. Maybe your spouse isn't a morning person, and so that might not be your thing. So, you, you're, again, you're going to have to, you're going to have to, God, what do you want me to do? But, again, small things. Pray together every day. 
Can you pray with your spouse every day? What's that look like? 30 seconds. Can you do 30 seconds? I mean, seriously, are you comfortable with that? When Kim and I first got married, I mean, we, you know, we started praying together. But it wasn't real comfortable, you know, because you want to you say sometimes, the, you know, the prayers seem kind of silly or something. But then you get past that. And now after, you know, nearly 30 years, it's, it's fine. I mean, we, you can pray about it. Oh, Lord, just, just help, you know, my bad breath. And I'm not praying about me, not about her. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can pray about anything. But, I mean, just taking time to pray with each other. And, and, and that short amount of time will bring and yield huge results. Because if you're praying with somebody, you're probably talking with them. If you're praying together, you've got a spiritual connection going on. So then she's receiving and you're receiving from her. You're, you're connecting. You know, you can't really pray with someone that you hate. It's hard. They're not your enemy. So, they, you know, there's love there. So you work through things. You can do that. We pray a little bit every day together, somehow, some way, sometime. We do a short devotion together. You know, when we leave the house, we grab each other's hands. We've done it ever since we've known each other. And we pray angels over the house and plead the blood over the house. And we pray over the kids and, you know, all of those things. We do that. Why? Because it's just something that we do. It is natural now. What was just a small thing is a big thing now. This one discipline has made a huge difference in our marriage. You can have a better year in your relationships if you just say god show me something small it's often again the small things that bring the biggest change and difference zechariah 4 6 is our scripture this morning and he answered and said to me this is the word of the lord to zerubbabel not by might nor by power but by my spirit says the lord so here's our our third point this morning you need god's help you're going to need god's help we've spent our lifetime most of us we've tried to do it on our own and what success have we had? And if we do have success, it diminishes. It's very short-lived. But with God, there's lasting success. You can try to change on your own strength, on your own power, but it hasn't really worked so far. Most of the people that haven't found God and try to do everything on their own, we, only, we don't know all the issues that they have, but sooner or later, that, you know that house crashes. You have to have God. You can make some strides in your own power, but what if? What if we tapped into God? What if now you make a decision and say, God, show me something small that I can do. One little thing that I could do, show me something. What if I tapped into you? What if your spirit is made perfect in my weakness? What if when I'm weak, you're strongest? What if, God, if I began to look to you, not by my effort, not by my might, not by my power, but by your spirit? Lord, if I yield to you, what if I would just say, God, in everything, in everything, not in some things, in every other thing, but in everything, give thanks. What if I yielded and said, God, I'm an open book, help me. I'm going to speak to the guys in the room. When you're doing construction work or remodeling or anything around your house, is not tools a key to that? Having the right tools Sometimes, have you ever caught where you've got to put Christmas Eve, oh, when the kids were little, putting together bikes, cars, you know, Betty Homemaker things. And when you were first, we didn't have power screwdrivers. This was my power screwdriver. Mm, mm. And, you know, then you get those screws that get halfway, and they don't want to go any further. Mm. 
And you are, you know, if you didn't have <laughs> God in your life, you're getting him real quick. Thank you, God, as I put this thing. <clears throat> you're trying to put that in there. Then you have someone that just knows all about tools and can come up and go. <clears throat> you know, one power driver, <clears throat> and you're done. <sighs> I got to get me one of those. Kim and I have hung quilts, quilt racks. And it seemed like an eternity. She has a gift. She does this. It almost kind of looks like one of those temptations. Staying alive, staying alive. I mean, she... And she, the, the thing is, she's good. She can, do, I mean, she'll be like right on. She is like the laser level of the woman, you know. And she'll just come back and, and I'll be up there on the ladder. Guys, you know how it is. How is it now? It looks straight to me. No, it's not. Honey, if I move it, it's going to be crooked. No, it's, put it, no. You will test your marriage. And you come down, and then God helped me discover this. One of the several times ago, I found a thing, and it's, and it's got a little bubble in it. And it's called a level. That's awesome. Because now if I get off the ladder, I don't know. I don't know if that looks right. I can set that thing with the bubble on it. Look at that. Okay. Only thing, you could live in a house and the wall could be wackadoo. Then everything's messed up. If the wall's not plumb, then you gotta, you got to deal with that. But anyway, I have been up on that ladder and down and up and down and up. I mean, like an Oompa Loompa with a bladder problem. you got to go up and you got you stay up there. You stay, no, come down. You come and look at it. No, you look at it. No, you, I'm not, you look at, that's straight. It is not straight. But see, if we work on our own, it'll wear us out. But if we can say, God, could you show me? Let's get in your toolbox. And see, I spent a lot of my life, and I'm just telling you, and I, I, I wish I could get it back, where I have worked a lot in my own strength. But if I would have just got in the toolbox of God and let his spirit bring results, and they can bring them like that power tool right away instead of fighting with the screw. Some of us have tried for years to change something that we cannot. Because you can't do it on your own. You need God. But this is your year. It won't be by your might. It won't be by your power. But it will be by his spirit. You're going to finally go, God, you show me. Zechariah 4, 7 says, Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel you shall become a plain. And he shall bring forth the capstone with, with shouts of grace. Grace to it. What's cool about this is... Before the end, God's already telling you. He already knows what the end will be. Look at verses 8 and 9. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hand shall also finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. So, there's, you know, when you start something, there's going to be times that it's just small. It just starts small. Okay. It is small. The Bible says not to despise your small beginnings. 
We started TLC in 2006 in the living room of my home. 17 people there, six of them being my family. Probably the other 10 of them were the Wyatts. <laughs> and with one more, somebody threw in there somewhere. So, I mean, you know, that's what I'm saying is it, you know, it started out small. Look what God is doing now. Because what God, you know, you, you don't have to be ashamed at where you start because we all start someplace. When we started the church, I'm telling you, the enemy, it's never going to succeed. You'll never get it off the ground. You'll never be in a building. You'll never have more than what you see here. These won't even stay that you have here. Your kids will never serve you. I mean, all kinds of stuff would just flood my mind. But look what he did with a small beginning. Look how many people have been saved, changed, lives changed, because God has used True Life Church and is going to continue to do that. Look at verse 10. For who has despised a day of small things? For these seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. They're the eyes of the Lord, which scan to and fro throughout the whole earth. You got to start somewhere. One stone, then another, then another. You know, we talked about weight loss. You got to lose one pound, then another, then another. Here's point number four. I've preached a whole message on this, but I had to throw it in there. They're going to put it up there. Point number four, start where you are. Look at that. Use what you got. Do what you can. Start where you are. Use what you got. Do what you can. In other words, so what if, if this person or these, this organization has got all this? That's great. But everybody had different. They started at different times. Things happened different. Their story's not your story. Start where you are. Every, you know, the Bible's full of people that just would use what they got. Well, I don't have anything. I just have a little bit of oil, a little bit of meal. Then do this with it. Use what you, use what you got. Do what you can. Go borrow all the vessels you can. And they just kept, the oil just kept flowing. In the other story I'm telling you, the meal, all that just kept happening. Because they just used what they had. They didn't have a lot. God doesn't need a lot. I got five loaves and two fish. That fed almost 20,000 people with 12 baskets left over. Start where you are. What do you got? That's what God's, God's not asking you for something you don't have. He's going to say, what do you got? And that, when you begin to yield to God what you have, and do what you can, in the natural, then the supernatural begins to take over. Start where you are. Use what you got. Do what you can. God rejoices to see you faithful in the small things. He doesn't want me to forget that, you know, sometimes we always want the big stuff, but he's saying, okay, stay faithful in the small things. Part of the challenge is we compare a lot. Most of us do that. I've done it before as well. And this is what we do. We see people in highlight reels. Isn't that true? If you watch the news and they, you watch a sporting event, they're going to show you the highlights, unless it's a blooper reel. They're going to show you the highlights. And we live our life behind the scenes. We know all of the dirt. We know all of the things that happen. But when we see someone else, we just see, look how many. You know, if you're a pastor, pastors come up, how many do you have on Sunday? Okay. I don't know any of their backstory. I don't want to play those games. You know what I'm saying? What I want, I just want what God wants. 
literally. I just want God, show me what you want me to do. Let me start where I am. Use what I got. Do what I can. We look at David. We see only the big stuff. Well, he brought down Goliath. But he was a man after God's own heart. But what we forget is the years that David was just a shepherd, that he was forgotten. He was just in the field, tending the sheep, doing the small things. But when you talk about David, everybody brings up Goliath. That's cool. That happened. Yes. What about all the time that he was just faithful? That he just did what he's supposed to. He killed the lion and the bear because they were after the sheep. He did whatever he had to do in the little things. What was that? Training for the big things. I believe that God has had TLC in training for big things to come. You and me were on a journey. David was learning to be faithful with small things so God could trust him with bigger things. Your past doesn't define your future. Your past was training to get you to here. You're going to move forward now. Girls talk about Ruth and Boaz. They all want Boaz. Boaz, Boaz. Oh, Boaz. Boaz, just say that name. What's your name? My name's Boaz. I mean, it just sounds kind of studly. Almost, you could think of Rocky Balboa. Absolutely, his mom. Yeah, you and yo. My name's Boaz. <laughs> sounds like a stud. Remember, though, that Ruth was faithful to Naomi even when she didn't have to be. You got to remember that. In, in the time when nobody was really paying attention, she was faithful. She stayed faithful for years. And it was faithfulness that opened God's blessing. It opened the doors to that blessing. The things that no one sees resulted in the marriage that everyone wants. Daniel in the lion's den. Who doesn't want faith like that? But we forget three times a day when nobody was calling Daniel, when Daniel wasn't doing anything in front of the king and all, Daniel three times a day was praying day in, day out, no matter what happened, good day, bad day, rainy day, sunny day, Daniel prayed three times a day. The things that no one sees result in the things that everybody wants. If you want to put it in God's term, what you do in private, he rewards you publicly. The things that nobody sees, those little things. You're like, you don't even know. You don't know how much I've, I've helped this person. You don't know how I've taken care of or what I've done. You know what? God sees all of that. You don't know how many times I was up in the middle of the night praying for this or doing this. You don't know how much I sacrificed. You know what? I don't have to know. God sees it all. And what you have done when no one sees, God will reward you and everyone will see. John Wooden, a famous basketball coach, was a man of detail. He made his players at their first practice, you'd think they'd run wind sprints, and he'd be, I played basketball before, and, you know, run those things. You run the line, touch it, run back. I forget what those are called, but I hated them. They'd run you till almost you felt like you're going to fall over. This is what he did. First practice, he kept having his players take their shoes and socks off and put them back on. Take your shoes and socks off and put them back on. They're like, What? Because this is what he understood. He's, this is what he said. He said they have to properly know how to do this. And I'm thinking, how many times is that going to take? I like to play basketball. You know, I mean, they've got to have more brains than that. <laughs> but I don't know. Anyway, I'm just telling you the story. But he knows if they got blisters and they put that stuff on wrong, it would affect how they played. So he made sure that they put them on right. And here's the statement. It's the little things that are vital. Little things make the big things happen. Little things make the big things happen. 
So often it's the, it's the thing that no one sees that result in the things that everyone wants. So in the next three weeks after this, we're going to focus on three important areas. Our thoughts, our words, and our habits. Why are our thoughts so important? Our thoughts become our words. Our words become our actions. Our actions become our habits. Our habits create our destiny. So we're going to try to get a hold of this because it's the, the small things, the little things. We're going to make some small changes. We're going to help you do that. We're going to make some changes in our words. Next week, we're going to talk about our thoughts because as a man thinks in his heart, the Bible says, so is he. So he becomes. So we want to change our life. We've got to start changing our thoughts. I got to tell you, this is a tough one. This is bigger than what we think because life will rock you back to sleep, you know, with the way that you used to think. Come on, that's true. And, and you have to keep your thoughts sharp and on the word of God and on the kingdom and his principle. Because if you can think, you know, I've had I've grown up with stinking thinking. Seriously, I mean, you grow and sometimes you don't even realize that you're thinking bad thoughts. Not that they're necessarily sinful thoughts. I'm just saying just your take on things. Well, I just believe, you know, I had people when we were pastoring in another church, they, they told us, well, God wants you poor. Where's that? Where is that? But you see, they in the mindset, because you know what? Oh, Jesus, foxes have holes and he had no place to lay his head. Yeah, yeah, he was on a mission. He didn't have time to go, you know, do the yard and put up the fence and put the dog out. But I'm just saying people just uh, we got to understand sometimes we think God wants you. Here's the thing. Here's bottom line is, you know, we were with Pastor Gary last night and he said people get mad at him. He gets hate mail because people tell him you talk about money in church. He goes, you everybody talks about money every other place. He said, but that's money is is a tool. And it is the love of money. And then he showed in a scripture because they in the King James will. And this is what we'll say. Money is the root of all evil. If and now you got to look now, they've they, they've went back to the original. And it, instead of the it is money is a root. But even then, that's not the case. They're not saying money is evil. They're saying the love of it. Money is just a tool. So all pastors trying to do is get you free. That's all he wants. Get free so that you can support and do whatever the kingdom is calling you to do. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So we've got to change our thoughts. Week number three, we're going to talk about changing our words. The power of life and death is in our words. You want to change your life? Change the words you speak. You want to change the way you live? Change the words you speak. Week number four, we're going to talk about our habits. We become what we repeatedly do. You want to be a different person? Then we have to change our habits. So we're going to make some small changes in the way we think, the way we speak, and the way we behave. The small changes that we make, no one else maybe will notice, but they'll bring about results that we've always wanted. That's kind of the purpose of why we're doing this. Point number five, turn to your neighbor and give him a high five. This is your last point today. There's power in a focused life. When you focus on one thing, it's amazing what you can accomplish. If you did a study on one thing in the Bible, David's one thing was to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's why David was described as a man after God's own heart. And there's power in focus. We talk about Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament. And let's just give you a quick history of his trial. He was shipwrecked. He was hungry. He was jailed. He was stoned, not recreationally speaking. He was stoned. 
He was beaten. You know, and I mean, every place he went, things were happening to him. Just, you know, he was not, uh, it was not really that good. But rather than complain, and you'd think if anybody could have, he could have, but he didn't. He said, this one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and moving forward to what is ahead. This one thing, don't let your past define your future. My friends, listen to me. Hear what I'm trying to tell you. Paul's saying, I get it. I've been into, but I can't let that define where I'm going. Maybe you've messed up. Maybe you haven't made right decisions. But that was then. Today is today and tomorrow is then. Let's go for tomorrow with God. Let's forget what happened back here. When we focus on one thing, it's amazing what God can do. When we miss our one thing, it's amazing the blessings we can miss. Think about Mary and Martha. Mary was at his feet and Martha was wigging out. I need help. She over there and I need help. I got dishes. I got food. But you see, the one found the one thing and she wasn't about to let it go. A young businessman successful came up to Jesus and he wanted to follow him. And Jesus said, you lack one thing. You get the one thing right. and You can help change the world. Go sell your possessions. Come and follow me. The guy went away sad. Because he wasn't willing to do the one thing that would change his life. See, that's what's happening. We got people, I want to follow God. God doesn't bless me. God doesn't do that. And God doesn't, you know, but you already know without me even telling you today. You know, I can sit up here and say this. Oh, that's just Brett. That's just, oh, pastor's just doing this. Listen to me. You know in your heart what the one thing is. You do. Some of you just, you know, I refuse to tithe. I'm not going to tithe. I'm going to give God everything, but I'm not going to do that. Because, you know, when does he help me? You need to get that one thing right. That's a heart issue. It's this. I, I don't, I'm going to be mean. I'm going to be mad. I'm going to be upset at this person. I'm doing everything else, but God, you can't take You need to get that one thing right. Whatever it is, you'd be surprised at the floodgate of stuff that's just waiting. Here's your assignment. It's very focused. It's very direct. It's very doable. It's not a New Year's resolution, but I want you to seek God for one word. One word that would define the rest of the year that you have. I mean, this is April 12th. God, give me one word. I'm going to tell you what my word is. And then I want you to, with the word that he gives you, because he's going to give you one, I want you to put a verse with it. Because it's not going to be by your might or by your power, but by the Spirit. And God will help you enforce it. I'm, I'm going to tell you this, you're not going to believe how different your life will be and how better a year you're going to have if you focus on the one thing that God tells you. I'm going to tell you one thing. Now, there can be things along the way, I get that. But you know what the one thing is. You know, there's things that we have done at TLC that, are, that we stopped doing, and they were a good thing. There's nothing wrong with doing them, but they weren't a God thing for us to do. So I'm asking you, God, show me the one thing that you want. doesn't mean you have to stop doing everything else if you're doing the things that are right, but there's one thing. You know what it is, that little thing in there that just kind of bees your hive. You know what I'm saying? It just kind of ticks you, oh, Lord, you can have everything, but not that. I like being mad at them. I don't like this, or I don't like, just God, you, you got to give me this. Whatever that is. What would God's word to you be? There's a story of a woman who prayed and her word was submit. She rebuked that and went on her way. <laughs> Give me another one. <laughs> now look at it this way. <clears throat> if God gives you a word, number one, listen to me. This is, this is simple. Proves you can hear from him. 
All right? Okay, and if you can hear from him on this, then you can hear from him on other stuff. Hey, that's monumental. If he can give you a word and you hear the word that he tells you, and that word is already, some of you right now are right, I know what the word is. And you're writing it down. Okay. That means you, you can hear from him. That means then when he tells you something else, you can hear from him that way too. Now you got some momentum going. One word God has given Kim before was believe. If you go to my house, I don't know how many times that word is different places. Believe, probably eight, nine, ten times. That word is on something, somewhere. Why? Because that's a word he gave her. And that just, it, it, there's a lot that's been said with that word. Believe. This is what, what God gave me. You want to know my word? This is the word before I got this. Here it is. Together. I'm like, together. And here's the scripture. Joshua 1, 5. This is what the scripture says. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Together. Your word could be something like this. could be a faith. That could be that word, could be focus, could be discernment, joy, generosity, serving, extra, details, relationships, kindness, compassion, passion, obedience, truth, tenacity. I don't know what your word is. But if you get the word, whatever he gives you, then Google it from your Bible app. Like if it was serving, serving in the Bible, it's going to pull up all the scriptures that involve serving. Then ask God to show you which one he wants you to have. Pick out your verse. Put it on the mirror, put it where you shave or you brush your teeth. I almost said shave your teeth and brush your, so <laughs> stick it on the dash of your car, put it on your dresser, put it on the fridge, put it in your wallet, put it on your purse, frame it from a frame from the dollar store, put a, I don't care, put it where you can see it, put it where you see it all the time, put it on your ceiling so when you wake up, there it is. By the end of the year, people will notice that you've made changes and that many you know, at first they didn't even see you. People that see me every day, they might not say anything. I just ran into a guy last night. I haven't seen him for a, a few weeks, and this is what he asked me. What are you doing? I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean? He goes, what are you doing? You've been working out. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm just, make, I'm just making some changes. But if you're around somebody all the time, you don't see them all the time. How do you know what I'm talking about? You don't notice because you see them all the time. But if you, you make small changes, big difference. Things start happening. And, and you, you know, and you got to understand, when you're walking through it, sometimes you don't see all the happening right now. But you keep doing it. You keep walking. You keep doing those changes. And God will show you the difference that it's making. You see, put something small. God gave me something small. And I decided to put my hand to it. And I start doing that consistently. And changes start happening. Small things over time make a big difference. You know, we complain to God, God, we didn't have any money. We, need, we know we need money for a retirement. And God said to us, you're not even saving a dollar. So we started saving a dollar. Over time. See, what happens is the enemy wants to just get you all messed up so that you do nothing. And then nothing changes. You still have the same complaints. You have the same woes. You must stay consistent. Do the small things. God loves small things that you stay consistent at. Your faithful in the small things 
The Bible says he will increase you to bigger things. This is what he says. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in the small. So guess what? You're ready for promotion. I can give you even bigger things. You see, it's not the big things. The small things lead to the big things. I'm going to say that one more time. It's not just the big things. The small things lead to the big things. It's the small things that no one ever sees that lead to the big things that everybody wants. Would you bow your heads, please, and close your eyes? Maybe there's something going on in your mind, in your heart right now. You're saying, God, I. Is that you? Are you asking me? Are you telling me a word? Maybe you need to jot it down. Maybe you'll know. And when you get home or when you get to your car, you can write that word down. But I'd be asking, God, what's one word that can help me? One word that I could do better. Maybe. Maybe the, you know, the word is just, I know it's kind of two words, but maybe it's like worry-free. Maybe it's something that's just going to, God, I need to do that. How about peace? Joy. You'll find the verse, just ask for the word. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, how many today would just say this, Brett, I'm believing God for that word that's going to make the big difference. Put your hand up. Put it right back down. 